Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Matt Harmon's here. And Matthew, (laughs) you having yourself a day. Yes. Lifelong San Francisco 49ers fan since Thursday when your other team disappointed you, so you flip-flopped. Well, officially since, was it uh, March 2019, I became a lifelong 49ers fan? Mm. Officially. um, I did say on this very podcast that there would be a time when I would go back to the Panthers and they would inevitably let me down i i thought it might come around november uh i didn't think it happened in week two yeah i mean i mean i believe the exact quote was i i like the 49ers but i love the panthers and when you have a connection like that it never really goes away right but you, you also have to remember your ex they don't change they they say they've changed but oftentimes there's a reason you left but do you change I mean, you would hope for some personal growth. And so maybe in 2020. (laughs) So the thought is, has Jimmy G changed then? Yeah. Well, I don't know if Jimmy G's changed, but. Maybe Cam's changed. I think think Cam has has continued to let himself go. You know, maybe a few few midnight trips to cook out. (laughs) 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 Uh, Maybe a few trips to the old Waffle House. It's hard to say. Uh, but no, on a, on the 49ers note, obviously they're they're two and zero now. Jimmy G was kind of like a passenger riding the bus in in week one. You know, he wasn't really the reason that they won. Really, the reason they with, that they won was their defense, which mm-hmm. still showed up today too. Um, Nick Bosa so far proving to be worth the investment, despite you know he's like the Hollywood Brown of defense, right? Like doesn't practice sure. much in the off season, comes in with an injury, and he's still playing really really well. But today was about the offense. And look, was Jimmy G like this dynamic elite quarterback today? No. But what he was, was he's a functional part of the system. And what this offense is all about is about hitting receivers with space to run, timing precision routes. And we saw that, you know, Debo Samuel gets almost all of his yards after the catch mm-hmm. where he mustered, uh, getting much, much of, most of I hate it. Must have. <laughs> Mostert getting most of his yards after the catch, too. So I I think Jimmy G executed his assignment against a really bad defense. And that this puts him back on like the streaming radar, I think. Sure. He has the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers next week. My my question for the defense is they haven't had a real test. And you have been on this Steelers looking very pedestrian 
bit for a while. They'll be on the road in San Francisco, right? So I don't know if the defense is going to get the challenge yet that will at least prove the haters wrong. No, I mean, it's it's just nice to see them at least like proving competent because like last year they were historically bad, Mm -hmm. especially at getting turnovers. So either way, this has been a nice step forward for them. But you're right. I mean, Mason Rudolph is not going to be a big test. And even going forward, I mean, they get they're in L.A., uh, week six after getting the Browns in week five coming off their week four bye. So those will be some tests for the 49ers defense if they're a legitimate unit. So Garoppolo is owned in under 50% of leagues. I'm going to ask you, Okay, would you replace Cam Newton in your lineup with Jimmy Garoppolo? And I will, I will say, because I have a little bit of a different Cam take than you do. I don't think he's healthy. And I partially don't think he's healthy because in the press conference after Thursday night's game, there was so much he is healthy table pounding that uh, what is that Shakespearean quote that just doth protest too, too much? much. Yeah. Yes, which makes me think he's not healthy. But that was a short week, mm-hmm. and now he has ten days to recover. Yeah, I mean, let's be clear, Cam Newton. I think I've obviously followed his career f- through the entirety of it in the NFL. That you, yeah. Um, and he's that's, at Arizona. That's the next thing. Week. That was the worst I've seen him played. I, I play bar bar none. I think that's the worst game I've ever seen from Cam Newton. And there have been some clunkers. People were quick to reply with like, "What about in the Super Bowl? Like, give me a break." That was way worse than that. I know that he didn't fall in the fumble in the Super Bowl. Yada, well, yada, but yada, I think yada, the but... like the design run in the last moment, the the lack of a design run in the last moments of the game, are what is telling to me about him not being a hundred percent healthy. Sure, I think that was almost like his Jacoby Brissett throws the hail mary campaign for. Or moment for Andrew Luck in the 2018 campaign. Now, obviously, Andrew Luck goes on and has a great season in 2018 despite that moment because that was like a big and I think it was, it was like week two, right? Mm-hmm. Like It was a big freak out moment for people. Maybe oh man, real telling for Cam Newton not to get that goal line carry and then maybe he goes on and has a great campaign the rest of the way. You're right. Gets the matchup in Arizona next week. I think I think you gotta kind of sit Cam right now. I wouldn't drop him. Wow. But I think I'm not playing him, even in a great matchup, depending on what your other options are. Patrick Peterson's still not back. Right. Patrick Peterson's still not back, and Lamar Jackson had a great passing. And I mean, Lamar Jackson is a great player right now, but he had a great passing performance against this Cardinals defense. We know what happened to them in week one. Just going down the list, I would probably play Josh Allen ahead of Cam Newton next week. I would probably play, like, I'm not going to play Kirk Cousins ahead of Cam Newton next week no. or something like that no, no. but that's kind of the level that you're working with like if you have a priority streamer i'd probably throw them in over cam but i don't know that i'm gonna you know just absolutely got to get him out of my lineup but the number one thing is i'm not ready i'm not ready to drop cam newton because there you're in is, hold position i'm in hold position yeah. and because everything else like this is the real pain in the ass part of it keeping him just keeping him along for the ride just a little bit yeah this is the pain in the ass part of it is that everything else is kind of going right around camp newton Mm -hmm. in terms of the skill position like curtis samuel should have had like 170 yards in that game dj moore was cooking on some short routes damn greg olsen Olsen is showing up 100 on a short week with a back injury the the one thing i will say i'm hoping that they get greg little the left tackle uh rookie left tackle out of old miss back from a concussion that he suffered in the preseason it's concerning that he's still out right now but Darren or Daryl Williams got whooped Crushed. by like Shaquille Barrett. You know, it's it's fine. Dar- Daryl Williams should not be a left tackle. He shouldn't be out there protecting the blind side. But this is where we're at with Carolina. And there were just some moments when, you know, camp like you can't excuse Cam's performance because he missed so awfully so many times. But 
there were several moments too where he also had no chance with that offensive line. I'm I'm really so another player that did did disappoint in the Thursday night game that we should talk about because there could be a potential replacement that showed up on Sunday was OJ Howard. OJ Howard had a, a bagel, a donut, a goose egg, whatever you want to call it. Oh, believe me, I've got that. I've got that bagel staring at me right in the face. Yeah, and Cameron Brait had two touchdowns called back in week one. O.J. Howard didn't do a whole lot in the uh, opener either. Yeah. So here's the thing. Bruce Arians notorious for not using tight ends as receiving weapons. He likes to use them to block. But you would think when you look at O.J. Howard's athletic profile, surely he's never had. He's got that Stefan Howling, whatever that trifinite. Um what? The tight, end, the tight end that Arians had, Stephen Rowling, Howling. Are you talking about LaRod Stevens Howling, the little scat back? I know. Who's talking... the tight end that he had for that he did not use? Oh, Leonard Pope? I don't... <laughs> well, anyway, the Heath point is Miller? we are... can't even remember a tight end that Arians had with an athletic profile like O.J. Howard's. No. So, you would think, okay, so there's an adjustment here. Except, you know, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time, the second time, the third time, and also check out O.J. Howard's stats. Dude is blocking much more than he is being used as a receiving weapon. But you know who is being used in the passing game? Oh, oh, Will Disley in mm-hmm. Seattle. I thought he would show up big in week one, but he left the game with some knee soreness. Now, it should be remembered that he started his rookie season last year with back-to-back touchdowns. Yeah. Had a patellar tear, was out for the rest of the season. I was like, oh no, he's hurt his knee again. This is no good. Yeah. Like, but five grabs, five targets, 50 yards, two tubs. Mm-hmm. I think he's owned in 3% of Yahoo leagues. I like it. Yeah. And this is an offense where, you know, we're interested in the ancillary pieces. I mean, we probably weren't interested in the ancillary pieces when it's like, is this going to be Jerron Brown or whatever? Mm-hmm. But I On mean, again, off again. Will Disley's very much in the picture and gets a matchup next week against the Saints. Like mm-hmm. maybe. And then Arizona. Which is great. And yeah. I mean, maybe that Saints game, we'll talk about it later with Drew Brees. I would expect him not to play in this game. Like maybe that ceiling is a little bit shaved off but nevertheless it's in Seattle that should still be a relatively high scoring game I think Disley has a shot at maybe getting in the end zone again and I mean it's just great to see some of these ancillary pieces emerging for the Seattle Seahawks because they continue to show us that when they need to go to the air they can get it done and I mean obviously Tyler Lockett bounces like all the volume concerns from week one are negated he goes for 10 catch a career high 10 catches today and DK Metcalf still showing up continues to be a thing. I mean, he catches a touchdown today after going for eight, nine yards in week one. He, for all the bad DK Metcalf takes out there, that looks like a steal of a pick at the end of the second round. I also think Disley is interesting because if you didn't get Mark Andrews or you didn't get Darren Waller, you need something, and he is a, an a available option. Find a tight end that isn't touchdown dependent. Sure. You know? Um, let's talk about the Steelers, though, because I know you you uh, have had some hot takes. want to mention, of course, that James Conner left – this game against the Steelers with a knee injury. We'll know more, right? The obviously big news is that uh, old Ben Roethlisberger leaves with an injury. I know this is shocking. Elbow injury. Oh, gosh. That was so long ago to me that I forgot to even mention that part. By, by, the, way, <laughs> by the way, some Steelers players were apparently saying that they noticed that Roethlisberger was struggling with this injury, like a little bit of inflammation in practice, mm. um, and that, that it could have just been aggravated during the game, which is like one of those things like, that would have been nice to know, you know, heading into this game. Uh, but whatever. We, we'll, we'll move on. But even before Roethlisberger was out, 
this looked like an ordinary offense. Like you could write it off in week one, right? The Patriots, they have the Steelers number. They always, they always get the better of them. It doesn't matter. Hey, this is the time they're going back to Heinz Field. The Seahawks defense, remember all those yards that Trey Flowers gave yes. up? Remember when that was the thing that we were talking about? Oh, by the way, Ben Roethlisberger goes for like five yards per attempt, under 55 completion percentage. This whole offense looks ordinary. They have no star power. Dante Moncrief is still up there just sucking up air, oh. doing absolutely nothing. I did tweet, I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life, but the worst of them was expecting Dante Moncrief <laughs> would be able to make a play. Hey, I, I, I feel you. I feel you. And, I mean, so far, Juju Smith-Schuster has looked like, a, I mean, he's not a difference maker in this offense no. yet. Just, well, and we anticipated that. I think you yep. and I talked about he, you know, he's that's this has not been his job, and a new job or a promotion takes a little bit of time before you can master it. Um, right. Vance McDonald finally had a nice bounce back though in this yeah. one. I mean, nice the, little tight end screen for a touchdown there. Yardage is gross, right? The, the yardage is like he's averaging like five or six yards per reception, but he did he is efficient again, catching all seven of his looks. And I know I've hammered this, but I just feel like it deserves to be said again. He was used as a slot receiver in college. And so it makes sense then that they would lean on someone um, who's not particularly inspiring, but at least can move the chains. It's just tough right now. I mean, there's nothing going on here with this offense. And like I said, I don't know what we expect to change, especially if Roethlisberger is going to miss multiple weeks. And if this is a multi-week injury, which... There's some yeah, speculation that I don't think he's going to see be. the field in week three. The game is away, so I wouldn't even like him to play. If the game was at home, I'd imagine that he'd do some hero nonsense and, you know. His typical thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it, again, I think you just have to adjust regardless of what happens here. You know, Mason Rudolph looked okay. Like, there was at least – honestly, I don't even know that you can really say Mason Rudolph looked all that good from a stats perspective. He didn't, but – and the, the real – the real situation was that Seattle was trying to give that game away at the end. You know, well, Chris Carson had a couple of key Oof. fumbles late. Um, and all in all, I think that this effort, the final score makes the game look much closer than it, it really was. What do you think about Rashad Penny? Because yeah. um, so he is creeping, right? He's the higher draft capital. This was a guy that people drafted later. I was on the Rashad Penny train for a long time until the reports out of the preseason indicated that he was falling well behind Chris Carson. I still, though, I know Chris Carson had the fumble and there's talk of like whether or not he was being punished. So Penny got in there. To me, this is shaping up to be a very hot hand backfield. Yeah, which I think we should expect. I mean, but nobody did. Nobody did. And I mean, I think it was right to like, hey, Chris Carson had the clear commanding lead. It was his job to lose. It was his job to lose. And the problem is really Right now he's he's kind of trying to lose it, you know. He fumbles, and then one. But don't you think it's going to be forgiven by next week? Maybe. I don't think there's going to be any sort of PD sunshine spanking going on. There's no discipline here. There's no stand in the corner. You don't get. You get a cold supper nonsense. They should be favorites over uh, the Saints coming into Seattle in week uh, in week three. You know, with Teddy Bridgewater likely under center, so that would be a very run heavy game script, uh, much like we expected from week one, mm -hmm. where Chris Carson, you know, did show out. And uh, so far, I mean, man, Russell Wilson had a, a, an incredible, like, day efficiency-wise. And it's just like, please just keep running the running the offense through Russ. Don't, don't, don't suffer us through this penny Chris Carson decision. Mm. Just, just let Russ cook, you know? Do you know, you know who, who's cooking? Tell me. Patrick Mahomes. Well, I mean... I mean, here's here's an alert. Ready? Headline, headline. The Chiefs are good. The Chiefs are good. Patrick Mahomes, over 440 yards, four touchdowns. 
It's bananas. Well, he did lose a fumble, so. I mean. There's that regression hitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Demarcus uh, Robinson had over 170 yards in two tubs. Like, uh, and you know what, Matt? Like, I am feeling so generous towards you today. Take another victory lap because Sammy Watkins didn't do squat. And you called it. You were like, I don't know, this guy's not consistent. I'm not buying it. And, you know, to be fair to one Sammy Watkins, some of the targets that were, I mean, he had 13 targets, six for 49 on those 13 targets. Some of them were, you know, some misses by Patrick Mahomes. But, like, you can nitpick that all you want. But the point here is that, like, this is not a guy that you just, no question, throw into your fantasy lineup every week because this is not a guy that you, no question, for the Chiefs offense, run it through every week. I mean, Tyreek Hill is that player. Sammy Watkins is not that player. We have like a multi-year sample of Sammy Watkins doing exactly what we just saw, which is goes out one week, completely balls out, looks like a legitimate difference maker. And then in the the week after, you know, as everyone else eats, he kind of falls to the wayside. I mean, 13 targets is is volume to bank on. Like, you know, trust the process. The process was good to play Sammy Watkins. I'm not saying that he's not a guy that you play every single week. You probably do. But you at least have that conversation. You don't go out and say he's a wide receiver one now because because Tyree Kill is out because he's just not that type of player. I think in terms of the receiving options, the one that you can most consistently rely on, and this isn't a headline either, is, is Travis Kelsey, yeah. right? I had him projected eight for 104 in a touch. He went seven, 107 in a touch. He's going to get you either and or uh, over 100 yards or a touchdown every damn week. Yeah, and Mahomes is just in fuego right now i mean he is in that you know peyton manning circa 2013 range of his career 2014 2013 where just like all ships are gonna rise with this tide like cool you gotta throw demarcus robinson out there he's gonna ball Nicole hardman for or he he catches uh four passes for 61 yards and a touchdown like who's gonna be out there those players are going to eat. Like, for the most part, you want all these guys on your roster and you want to think about breaking ties in favor of putting Chiefs players in your lineup because that's just where we're at with this with this team. And, like, also, I don't want to totally take, take you know, Oakland's defense to task because I know that will be the temptation. Like, hey, look, they, you know, they destroyed Oakland, whatever. Not a big deal. But, like, I will say every time I watch Oakland's defense, you know, they lost Jonathan Abram, kind of their mm-hmm. energy in the secondary. Mm-hmm. But this was still a defense. I was like, okay, yeah, they don't have a lot of pass rush, but they do fly to the ball. They they make they're they're playing hard out there, you know. So I want to give them some credit for that. Well, they're coming off a shorter week too, and a little bit of an adrenaline bottoming out, you know. Um, but it, I, I am looking forward to Week Three's matchup between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Yes, that should be a lot of fireworks. And I mean, like right now, Lamar Jackson. You know, it, it's super early, but I mean, he is on that pace right now. He goes over 100 yards rushing. He goes over 200 yard, 270 yards passing, two touchdowns. I mean, he's on that pace right now to be, you know, an every week quarterback start. I don't think you're, I don't think you're asking questions about do I play Lamar Jackson or this guy, unless you've got like you're an idiot and you've got like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes on the same I team. Like the defense is more of a test. Yeah. For Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray did rack up over 340 yards, but he didn't have a touchdown. He was sacked three times. He didn't get much of that work in the in the run game like people had been anticipating heading into the season. So I think even with a battered and bruised secondary, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be quite a test. But I am super excited because Lamar Jackson, you were saying it when we were watching the games, pocket passer Lamar Jackson. I mean, there's going to be some ping-ponging in this one. Yeah, like, give me a break if you don't, like, 
no one should ever utter the words Lamar can't throw again after that beauty of a pass to Hollywood Brown towards the close of that game. Like, I don't care who's covering him because you can be like, oh, Cardinal secondary. <laughs> but like, I don't care if damn Deion Sanders or prime Daryl Revis is covering Hollywood Brown. Or on that Darrell plate. Revis. That's the other one. Whatever. <laughs> I don't, like I said, I don't <laughs> care who's covering him. <laughs> you put that ball on that outside shoulder there where only Marquise Brown, you know, not like a massive target or anything can go and get it. That that's elite passing. Okay. Like that's, a guy who has taken that leap. And yeah, Lamar had some misses today. Every quarterback has misses. Not every quarterback hits that throw. Period. Chiefs backfield. Yes, Moving back to back Kansas to City real quick. Damian Williams, we said on FFL heading into the day, was interesting because he had more work in the passing game. That remained true over Shady McCoy. Yep. However, he left the contest with a knee injury. Now, again, we don't know the severity of the issue, but LaShawn McCord did get more touches in the running game. He had more carries, 11 to Damian Williams, 9. Uh, was, again, more efficient on the ground than Damian mm-hmm. Williams. We know LaShawn McCoy can catch the ball. There's a giant data sample available that tells us this. LaShawn McCoy, if Damian Williams sits, is a top guy. I want to have his backup. I think it's time to put Darwin RB2? Thompson on your bench. Would you rank if you had to? Luckily, I don't. LaShawn McCoy, very quickly. Like, we haven't looked at any, right, right? This is, we're just ingesting and, and digesting. Sure, they're playing, and, they're playing the Ravens next week, so it's right. a tough matchup. So inside or outside of your top 18? Probably inside. I mean, mm-hmm. just for the offense's sake. But again, I think I'm more intrigued about Darwin Thompson right now. Because McCoy, I mean, the entire Chiefs running game actually didn't look that good today, right? Like, nine for eight for Damian Williams for you math folks out there that's less than a yard per carry um and then mccoy 11 for 23 like that's something the raid the raiders defense flew to the ball they they played pretty well against the run ball hawks ball ball well ball hawks yeah yeah uh, run and chase linebackers you know that whole thing but darwin thompson again to me i think still has that potential if he's the last man standing in this backfield like think back to alvin Kamara's rookie year when in you know that season you've got Mark Ingram, you've got Adrian Peterson, and then Kamara's like a round 13 pick. You know, Darwin Thompson became a guy that people kind of shied away from after LaShawn McCoy got there. Mm -hmm. And McCoy, to me, just didn't – I mean, he looked fine in week one. He looked like the more elusive Mm -hmm. back to Damian Williams, but being the more elusive back to Damian Williams isn't exactly like that's not a trophy you definitely want to have. Thompson to me still feels like the guy that might be the best lottery ticket in this this, – But he's still a hold. McCoy's going to get the opportunity first. You're playing McCoy next week, but I think the, the my bigger take here is that, yeah, if you have room right now, put Darwin Thompson on the end of your bench in case, you know, next week we're talking about a McCoy injury and then Thompson is the next man up. And again, be proactive, be proactive. And I think this is the time to do that because we're, t- we're talking about Demarcus Robinson. We're talking about Miko Hartman. We're just talking about anybody that's in this Chiefs offense. Darwin Thompson, by the way, available in over 80 percent of Yahoo League. So. He was like a week one drop, uh, for sure. 100%. Um, All right, so the Chiefs are good. Drew Brees has a hand injury. Let's talk about what this offense looks without him. Yeah. I mean, I think that we talked a little bit about this on the live. I don't think it changes that much. I do think that, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to see more stacked boxes and defenses are going to 
test Teddy Bridgewater and make him throw the ball, but he does have the most efficient damn receiver in the league catching it. He's got Jared Cook. We saw him come to life after Teddy Bridgewater uh, came under center in replacement of Drew Brees, a nice security blanket coming off of a career year. He should see some volume. The question is, do you think Alvin Kamara can put this game and its underwhelming stat line behind him and beast next week? When I look at the talent, I'm not that worried about it. Yeah, I'm not that worried about it. It's a test. And I think the good thing is, we talked about this in the live hit, like, we know where the ball's going in this Saints Mm -hmm. offense, which is nice. I mean, Traquan Smith, admittedly, showed up. He left injured, too. Left injured, but did show up a little bit today. But at the same time, like, it's Michael Thomas, it's Alvin Kamara, and Jared Cook gets two catches on seven targets. So, like, he's the third option here, but... To Teddy Bridgewater's credit, because I'm sitting there like in the fourth quarter, think or like getting into the fourth quarter, I'm like, man, Teddy looks like just another guy. He looks like any other backup quarterback, not like a former first round pick that we were all excited about a few years ago. But to his credit, he 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 started heating up eventually. Thomas ends up catching ten passes on thirteen targets. You know, he started to find his guys. Whatever. Like, I think that you you can't argue that the ceiling comes down for guys like Thomas and Kamara but i think they'll be okay but that going you forward. draft these guys because of their floors right well kamara i was all in Number on 1.1 1. 1 1 because sure. of the ceiling and now i'm not so sure that that ceiling exists i hope i hope bridgewater shows more next week you know in he's seattle he's been working behind drew brees for more than a minute Right, he passed on becoming, and this seems like a good decision in hindsight. But anything is twenty twenty in hindsight to be the Dolphins' starting quarterback. He could have been a starting quarterback, which you have to. And he's you know got ties to Miami, would be quite a boost to one's ego. He passed on that. He passed on the money so that he could continue to learn behind Drew Brees and eventually be handed the keys to this this kingdom. So I, I am not as pessimistic as you are, I suppose. No, yeah, you seem like a little more optimistic. And I, I just hope we see Drew Brees sooner than later, but it doesn't seem like that that's going to be – it seems like he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, uh, we don't know as of, as of taping time. Sure. I mean, he's seeing a doctor in Los Angeles today and fears that it is a serious hand injury. Puke. Do you want to talk about Chris Godwin? Because he is the – I know we're kind of all over the place here, but he is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers receiver that has been the most consistent and the most productive. Been their best player on offense by far. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that you wanted to see out of Chris Godwin, you you have seen, right? Like, he catches a touchdown in week one. He was the absolute engine of that offense. Eight catches on nine targets, over 120 yards, a touchdown again in week two. And, I mean, he was pretty much unguardable against Carolina. I mean, every time they had a really productive play. It went to Chris Godwin. And I think he's a wide receiver one going forward. Do you know who he has next week? Remind me off the top of my head. The Giants. Oh, well, that should be. Do you need a moment? I need a moment, yes. Um, I mean, the only thing you have to worry about is that the, uh, I don't know, the Giants are so bad. (laughs) You don't need to be worried about anything. I was going to say they run out to too big of a lead, and then it's just Peyton Barber. Well, this is the point that I want to make because, okay. you know, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield pains me terribly. It is so up and down. I love myself some Rojo. Moments before Thursday night's kickoff, Ian Rappaport tweets that Rojo's— I was going to say, did you oh, get the rug pulled out from you a, a little bit here? I mean, 
here's the thing. I have zero Rojo shares because I had a bunch last year. So even though I hyped him, I was like, you know what? You just, if you love him too much, you don't want to put that pressure on your relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I said, no, thanks. Like, I'm not not interested. I have a lot of Chris Godwin. I'd rather take one piece of this offense and that's the piece that I'm going to invest in. Peyton Barber creates a safety. Like, that happens. And yet Bruce Arians continues to stick with him. Will not move away from him. Like it or not, this is the guy. Feels very much like CJ2K of years past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And the Giants matchup next week is so damn sweet. I mean, I, I don't know. He's 47% owned in Yahoo Leagues. If I am plugging and playing or looking at DFS pricing, and I have to imagine he's going to be low, I am projecting ahead to think that Peyton Barber might be one of these good dart throw running backs. Yeah, I, I felt coming out of that game, I was like, Bruce Arians, did you really come back for this? Like, to to have Peyton Barber be like the engine of your to offense. To use O.J. Howard as a blocking To use O.J. Oh, my God. To make no use of O.J. Howard. I mean, the only thing that Chris Godwin has come – I mean, has uh, the only thing that uh, Bruce Arians has come back for is to make the Chris Godwin breakout campaign happen. But did we need you for that, Bruce Arians? I think it was going to happen on I think his own. It was going to happen no matter what. I mean, this – it's just the, the thing – the defense looks better. So credit to Todd Bowles there because, like – Again, we Vernon, can, when Vernon Hargraves saves your win, gives you, gets you the win. I mean, there's applause. Yeah, I watched um, the end of that game on my phone on the Yahoo Sports app. Uh, check it out. You can stream games there. I was watching and just as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, my God, just click. And just put, put the phone <laughs> in the glove compartment. Um, don't need that. Well, I see the vein in your forehead starting to pulse. So I want to give you some good news, something that will fe- make you feel nice. And, okay. Okay. I Euphoric, even. I let's talk about that. the Dallas Cowboys offense. <sighs> and let's talk about one Devin Smith. I can smell the pheromones <laughs> coming off of him. That was like that was the most disgusting, obvious thing ugh, ever. Liz, I waited four years for gross. that touchdown. You literally smell different. I waited super gross. Four years for that touchdown. Okay, look. I would have taken just the training camp highlight <laughs> videos for Devin Smith. That was enough. But to then have him go out and drop a massive touchdown over Josh Norman and the trash can Washington defense. <laughs> I wait. I, I, I can remember. He's being, snapping. I can remember record. being in my par- apartment in Fairfax, Virginia in 2015, charting Devin Smith routes from Ohio State, thinking this guy is the next big thing. He goes out and punctures his lung in training camp for the Jets. Then when he finally comes back, tears his ACL, tears it again, wastes away. Was drafted by the Jets. Drafted by the Jets. Yeah. In the second round. You forgot about him. Everyone forgot him. Not you. You clearly did not forget about him. I forgot about him. All right. I'm telling you, when I saw like a training camp highlight hit, from Devin Smith from the Cowboys, I was like, Devin Smith is on the Cowboys. Devin Smith is still in the NFL. I when I when the Jets waved injured him or whatever off IR, I was like, well, that's it. Like that dream is dead. At least I can chalk that. Like that's a draft miss. I can easily be like, listen, he was hurt. But you're not you're not relying on him week no. to week, even in week three when the Cowboys will face. Wait for it. The Miami Dolphins. Right. I mean, if Devin Smith goes and dunks on the Dolphins defense, I won't be surprised. But here's what I think Devin Smith does for me and does for the Cowboys more. I mean, does a lot for me. But what he does for the Cowboys, I think, is it just gives this offense just an embarrassment of riches. Like, think back to a calendar year ago, what we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. One of the most boring 
uncreative offensive systems predictable in the entire league. Then also, by the way, they are completely bereft of any intriguing talent in in the pass-catching position. Now we have Amari Cooper scoring two touchdowns sure. in the first two weeks. We got Michael Gallup catching almost 87% of his targets. Got Jason Witten scoring Damn Jason Witten. both in back-to-back weeks. I mean, Jason Witten and Randall Cobb look like they've at least turned the clock but back a year and a half. problematic for fantasy purposes yes, because what Kellen Moore yes, has done, is. as exciting as he has been in terms of opening and lifting the Cowboys offense and, and adding more production to Dak and what Dak is able to to do he is spreading the ball around that's great IRL right but for fantasy purposes I mean we all thought that Michael Gallup was going to have another hundred plus yard game against the Redskins here right and that's a solid he did game. fine yeah, right eight game. of six but he wasn't like I think we were salivating sure. for the Michael Gallup breakout in week two he may still break out I'm not saying it's not going to be an awesome year but when you have Devin Smith available and you've got Randall Cobb looking completely reborn now it's harder to chart Right. Well, it comes back to it comes back to one place. That's Dak Prescott. Well, like, I already said that. You're right, but I'm I'm saying if you drafted Dak Prescott, you're feeling great right now. You might have a top five fantasy Remember quarterback. Remember Wednesday on your when hand. people were asking you Cam Newton or Dak Prescott? I got a lot of those questions. Yeah, yeah, I got a got a lot of those questions. Got a lot of like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't think you're sitting Dak Prescott again. Two sixty nine through the Very air nice. and sixty nine rushing. He's now your favorite player. Extra nice effort by Dak Prescott. Bring it on You're home. So stinking gross. I mean, Ugh. this Cowboys offense, like, it makes it move. I mean, damn it. This this is one of the most exciting teams to watch in the NFL. And I hate the Cowboys. I, I find them Grew to up be... in the Delmarva area. So right. you've got some of that residual, even if you're not a Washington fan. I have to right. mention that residual hatred for the yes. boys. It's, it's one of those things like, hey. Like, both things can be true here. I can hate Washington and I can hate Dallas. I find Dallas to be an obnoxious franchise, but damn it, this offense is, it it's doing it for me. This is great. You know, Devin Singletary was doing it for me. The Buffalo Bills rookie uh, running back, Devin Singletary, was yes. doing it for me heading into this weekend. Man, he was doing it for me for a lot of this game. He looked great, but he also left with an injury. And now Frank Gore is doing it for Buffalo And for you, a surprising amount, 19 damn carries, 68 yards, I and a touchdown on the ground. I love that Matt, in a live hit, said, like, volume. Who cares about volume? Some people don't need volume. And then the next moment was, you know, you know who's who's got a lot of carries? Frank Gore. We should we should pick him up. Well, I said some people don't need volume. Frank Gore certainly needs needs volume. volume. (laughs) Frank Gore is like ancient. I mean, at this point, he's. He's ancient for an NFL running back, Liz. He's not ancient, period. Um, I think he's the same age as Richie Incognito. Right. Well, he's ancient for... Well, listen. Okay. No, no, no. Excuse me. Richie Incognito (laughs) is old for an NFL offensive lineman. Frank Gore is ancient for an NFL running back. That doesn't mean that all people that are that age are are old and or ancient. Nice distinction. Frank Gore, um, high, widely available. Widely 7% Leagues. owned, I think. Something like that would make him uh, over 90% available. So you're you're we have to keep an eye on Dev, the Devin Singletary news. But obviously, if he were to miss time, this backfield then belongs to Frank Gore. And when you've got a quarterback who rushes the way that Josh Allen does, then there are lanes available for old man Gore to, you know, get his 3.5 YPC and make things happen. I mean, Josh Allen, like a beautiful nightmare at, a, at this point behind center. Like he's just, I love, I love watching 
Josh Allen play football. Didn't think I'd be saying that, but that hair on fire. He still, he plays. It's one of the smartest things you've ever said. And, you know, I'm here to make you look good. So let's say there are more than more things that you why do you what are you doing that okay sure um it but, is one of the smartest thing it was like saying that josh allen plays with his hair on fire is one of the most astute things you have ever said well i think it's, it said it on last week's podcast that like he looks like he uh like 10 two seconds into the play is like oh, oh i'm playing nfl quarterback like i gotta do something with the ball and then just takes off and runs but it makes he works it makes it work sometimes um uh, but overall i think this offense actually I think ceiling-wise is higher with Josh Allen playing as well as he is right now. And, oh, by the way, here's the deal. They get the Bengals next week in Buffalo. The Bengals are terrible. Mm-hmm. The Bengals got demolished by Chris Matt Carson Breida, in week one. Raheem Matt Mustard Breida. in Jeff week Wilson. two, Jeff Wilson. I mean, give me a break. Frank Gore can do that. I think I think um, the Jacksonville Jaguars receiving core can do a lot of things that they aren't being given credit for doing either. <laughs> so give them credit, Liz. This is like your pet. Uh, not even just your pet team, your pet like unit. Like you should, you need to be in the wide receiver room with the Jacksonville Here's the thing, Jaguars. Like Jacksonville as a city, you trash, love a good underdog. Trash. Never need to go to Jacksonville. Like honestly, I could go to Miami. That's fine. But like, I don't. You're gonna really... have to. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, for work. <laughs> the Super Bowls there. Um, but well, fingers crossed. You never know. Jacksonville, although Robin Kay, I love you. I know you listen. You live in Jacksonville. Um, Hope Steve and the kids are fine. Anyway, I am in love. And I said this on last week's podcast with defying expectations, doing something different, being unafraid. And I said this on the live hit. John Filippo doesn't not go for two and Doug Marone doesn't not give the damn ball to Leonard Fournette. Yeah. So there is a, a little bit of a conflict here, but don't tell me that DJ Chark hasn't looked good in back-to-back weeks. Don't tell good. me that Chris Connolly hasn't get fed in back-to-back weeks. Don't tell me that. And like this Minshew fever, like everyone's hyping the Minshew because he's like a great meme. I don't care about the quarterback nearly as much as I care about the scheming for these receivers and not just keeping the ball on the ground and feeding Leonard Fournette all the damn time. D.D. Westbrook, by the way, like, what about me? Well, he had an opportunity in coverage here. Aaron Colvin lost his damn job and he didn't do it. So, and, you know, D.D. Westbrook also was targeted more times than those other receivers in week one after Minshew came in relief of Foles and still five targets this week. Like, sorry, D.D., where's all of your, like, short yardage slot popping? D.J. Chark said that Garden Minshew was fearless and his connection with Chark is, ah, baby, Chark, do 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 I'm all in. I mean, Didi Westbrook's not that good. So yeah, I mean, uh, you're 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 on fire about these guys right now, and uh, I love it. DJ Chark, Chris Conley, Liz Loza loves a good underdog, and these you know DJ Chark was a second round pick, but like he was a guy that everybody guy at the combine. everybody laughed at too because he Wrote couldn't he couldn't actually play. Wrote and him Matt off. Waldman, the Matt Waldman, one of your like dad figures, your your uncle figures, Twitter proximity associate. Fine. Um, just posted something on Twitter about DJ Chark's hand. So he is more than just a speed threat. He is developing. He's growing. And so are the Jacksonville Jaguars. And y'all are sleeping on him because you're bought into a narrative that is being bucked. Being bucked. Sure. I, I'm in. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. I think we I think we ran through the whole anything else. Like what what else is there to say? Um, We'll be back on Friday. We've got the damn uh, Atlanta Falcons on right now, and just their other rookie uh, offensive lineman just got carted off with an injury. So, so Matt is watching this over my shoulder. So my 
my back is to the screen. So every once in a while, I just see him making faces and I don't know what's happening. I mean, I'm just watching some football, you know, that's my job. Watch football, have an opinion about it, right? That's the job description. Amen. What a great job. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We're out until Friday. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.